It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast. It is the middle of basketball season, but the news at Mizzou this week, all football, and we're going to start by talking to, I guess we can call him uh, Barry Odom's biggest recruit this year, uh, Drew Locke, coming back to school next year, announced that a couple days ago. Drew, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Appreciate you uh, taking some time back in Kansas City. And just first off, uh, I, I mean, was this a hard decision for you or or in the end, was it was it pretty easy? You know, I wouldn't necessarily say it was hard. Um, I think the whole recruiting process was a lot harder than this. Yeah. But uh, I think the main thing about the decision was that I wanted to, you know, get the most information that I could. Cause this is obviously a huge point in my life. This is, you know, what I've worked, what my parents have worked for with all the camps and everything that we've had to go, you know, go through together. This was the, the end point, possibly the end point of that to where I can go. You know, I would start being an adult. I would start making my own money. And this is, you know, where we wanted to be. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that we were making the right decision with this. How involved were your parents and, and your coaches, you know, and in the end, did this come down to completely your call or, or was it kind of a family decision? It was, it was a family decision, but my dad said, you know, and truly this started with Coach Heupel, too, while he was here. Mm-hmm. Coach Heupel helped me through this as well. He promised that he would, you know, get all the information that he could for me before uh, he left, and then when he left, he still kept that promise, which I respect that a lot. But, you know, I, mainly it was me and my dad and then Coach Odom and Coach Heupel. Uh We got a lot of different stuff from a lot of other people as well. But the, the the end decision ended up coming from from the family and what we thought was best for you know for us and for my development as a quarterback and, and truthfully the University of Missouri as well. Yeah, um, I know you announced the decision Tuesday. When did you actually? When did you kind of finally make it? When did you know in your head this is what you were going to do? Uh, it came the day before. To be honest, I called Coach Odom that night and was like, you know what, this you know this is what I'm going to do, Coach. This is this is my final. It's my final decision. I feel like it's what's best for me and the program and, and my family as well. And uh, that's ultimately why I made the decision. I got a lot of things that you know, I feel like we can accomplish at the University of Missouri. Uh, with Coach Dooley involved, it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited about that as well. Um, and that, that definitely factored my decision uh, a little bit more. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him. I know that, that you talked to him at least a couple of times uh I, I'm not sure if it was before or after he accepted the job, but just what have your conversations with Coach Dooley been like, and and what do you like about what he's telling you he's going to do? No, yeah, my conversations with Coach Dooley have been awesome. You can tell he is just a football mind, very intelligent, very intelligent coach to say the least. Um, he is actually just getting up here now, right. uh, getting sorry, not up here in Kansas City, but up in Columbia now. So he has uh, had a lot to think about within these past couple of days. He's asked me a couple of questions about the offense last year and, you know, what I would obviously like from it and if I wanted to keep anything from it. But um, other than that, we start talking a little bit of scheme-wise. We're going to keep that under wraps for right now, yeah. obviously, but <laughs> we'll, uh, it'll come out sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you know, in your discussions with NFL people or the feedback you got, I mean, I don't know any more pro style spread. It's all it's all kind of the same. I think pro style is outdated. But did you get the sense that like, hey, the NFL people want to be able to see you do some things that Missouri's offense last year didn't do? Yes, that is one hundred percent the main thing that I got. It was that you know obviously you can throw a great deep ball, 
your athleticism is, is at the top of the charts, your arm strength at the top of the charts, you're, I mean, we're not worried about you being able to, you know, necessarily, because, I mean, any athlete will be able to figure out how to take a three-step drop under center. I mean, I've right. done that before in my life. People can figure out how to go under center. It's more of the stuff they wanted to see action on film. So if, let's say, you know, an NFL team sits down and watches my film, one of the main things was that there wasn't enough stuff on tape that they thought would actually, you know, be in in their system. All right, so you're coming back, and now if you count Demarie Crockett, this offense has 10 starters coming back. Was that yeah, – I mean, how big a draw was that to know that, okay, you guys were a top-10 offense last year, but theoretically – you might be better next year. Yeah, no, that was huge playing in my factor. It'd be different if, you know, we lost OC, getting a new OC, and we lost the whole team as well. Got my big boys coming back, which is really exciting for any quarterback. And then we got our speedsters on the outside that are going to go and make plays for us. I think Coach Dooley, coming from the background that he has, will, will help uh, with Coach Hill as well, um, get those receivers right and possibly changing what we do a little bit. Um, and I know our offensive line, our new offensive line coach is going to get our, our big boys up front, right? So uh, truly, it was just all around. It was it was like a perfect storm, to be honest. Got our got our guys back. Got some great coaches in that would be able to help all areas of our team. And truthfully, I felt like I was a confident enough player to be able to come back and, and learn a new offense. Uh, you know, this will be my third third offense I've learned since I've been here. So it wasn't wasn't something I was scared of. It wasn't a challenge that I wasn't you know ready to face. Yeah, we've the the one guy you don't bring back, and we've talked a lot w- with you over the last couple of years about kind of the ups and downs of Jamon. But I mean, that's a that's an NFL receiver. You're losing. Uh, if, first of all, I, you expect him to uh, to hear his name called in April, and, and then how confident are you you replace him? Okay. Yeah, no, Jamon Jamon was huge for us, obviously, and it's gonna we're gonna have a a guy that you know needs to step up and, and create plays for us like he did and. And you know, get the yardage that he did. But no, Jamon, I truly expect his name to be called. His work ethic is unlike anyone else. Um, and and truly, what really sets him apart might be his confidence in his in his game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not one route, one catch you throw at him that you know he doesn't feel confident in making, which is huge at the wide receiver spot. You got to have the head first, because if I mean, if you get inside your head with drops and whatnot, it can only can only get worse. He is, uh, you know, he was a great teammate to me when I first got here which speaks a lot for him as well. Great character guy. I, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't be more proud of him as from a friend standpoint, so to say. One guy you get to play your senior year with, uh, did you talk to, uh, talk to Terry Beckner about he made his decision and, and about you guys kind of both uh, coming back? Yeah, I think it. we talked a little bit right after the Arkansas game is we wanted, you know, both of us wanted the university to be super successful. How does anybody that comes to our school wants the university to be super successful. We came here with with other options as well. I know Terry had a lot as well to where when we, we hugged after the Arkansas game and pretty much both said this is what we came here for, we wanted to be able to bring the University of Missouri a winning season, bring them a lot of wins for our time that we've spent here to where I think now this is just going to build on that. I think we're both very excited to be able to come back and you know, play for the team that we grew up thinking about playing for. 
I, I promised you I'd only keep you 10 or 15 minutes, so just a couple more talking with Drew Locke. Yeah, you know, you're good. You've talked about the legacy a lot, and it, look, people that do what I do from the outside, we can look at it and say we think this is important, but but obviously we don't really know. But but looking at you through this process, my thought always was it's a little – if if you leave after this year, like you're kind of remembered as, man, he had that one great year and we got back to a bowl game and it was nice – your senior year is a chance to to really be a guy that's remembered here for a long time. I mean, is that mm-hmm. how, how important is that to you? Yeah, the thing I want to do is I want to make this might sound weird at first, but I want to make Sundays happy days for people in the state of Missouri. Okay. I want us to have a great time on Saturdays and wake up Sunday morning as winners here. We can break as many records as we want. I mean, that's going to be cool. We're going to be in the record books. We'll go down as that. But what people remember are win and losses. Yeah. And, you know, I want to put together an amazing season this year. And I think with the with the cast we got back, the team we got back, the coaches that we have in play, we we have a great chance of doing that. And I think that's what I ultimately want to bring to the state. I want to bring a sense of pride back to the state of Missouri. I want to, you know, be the top dog of the SEC because we all know how sometimes we may get treated in the SEC. But, you know, I'm I'm looking to make that happen and make that change. Hey, off topic a little bit, all SEC title game. Did you watch Monday night? And what did you think? I did. I thought it was a great game. I thought, you know, both quarterbacks are being as young as they were, handled the handled the stage really well. Handled the stage really well. I think both teams came out and played and I think it was really cool to have, you know, the whole SEC, you know, championship game in a sense, which was uh which, you know, obviously you hear about Big Ten, Big Twelve, all the all the great teams from there, but to be able to have a full SEC championship was you know, that was definitely respectable of the conference. Put yourself in that situation. I mean, I know you were thrown on the field as a true freshman, but what Tua did in the second half, as far as a quarterback goes, is that about as impressive as anything you've seen? Yeah, well, the things I was hearing from Trent and all the guys at the Elite Eleven, being from that from that fraternity, so to say, was mm-hmm. uh, that was that was nothing short of what I expected of that man. Especially when you look at it, and they were playing him throughout the season. You know, you have Jalen Hurts come and do what he does and lead his team to a national championship the year before, and you're playing a guy that, you know, just stepped on campus as well. It, it speaks a lot for him. All right, so I know you're you're headed back to campus here in the next next few days. So what is it – what do you do between, you know, the day you get back and spring football? Do you just kind of belong to Rourke Cutchlow then? Yeah, we'll pretty much <laughs> be products of Rourke Cutchlow for, for that time. And I think for sure we're going to try to get into a lot of meeting rooms, try to get things under wrap try to get, you know, our first step into this process of learning the new offense, being able to develop under Coach Dewey, and I think it's – I'm just super excited for it. Uh, as a football player, as a competitor, the, the opportunity to learn more about the game that you love is, is just something really exciting to be about. Well, Drew, I appreciate it, man. Hope you enjoyed break, and uh, I know you made a lot of Missouri fans happy and, and uh, look forward to covering you one more year. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. Have a good one, Drew. All right, thank you. Drew Locke, still the University of Missouri quarterback for another, I guess, you know, 12 months, 11 months, somewhere in that range. Um, Look, I have said all along, like, that was the most important part of this offseason. A senior quarterback who did what he did last year versus we don't even know if the starter without him was on the roster right now. That is the difference between, hey, you can be the the second-best team in the SEC East and who knows if things break your way, push Georgia maybe on a tiebreaker or something, and just fighting to get bowl eligible. I, I really think bringing Drew Locke back was that big of, of a difference in this season 
and frankly, that big a difference in the future of Barry Odom. Because if Drew Locke leaves and he goes 4-8 and eight this year, all bets are off. Nobody knows. With Drew back, 4-8 and eight really shouldn't be in play. I mean, I've been asked a lot since, since he came back, what's, what's the goal for next season now? The barometer to me is eight wins in the regular season. You get to eight, you feel pretty good. I mean, non-conference, you got you got a layup with Tennessee Martin. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's gone from uh, from Wyoming. You ought to beat them here. Memphis is a good team, but they come here. That's a game you should win. Purdue at Purdue, I understand what happened this year. When Missouri scheduled that game, that was scheduled to be a win. Now, I, I don't know if it will be or not. It's certainly the toughest non-con game they have, but three or four wins in the non-conference season. Then you go into SEC play. Uh, look, you get Arkansas, you should still be better than them. Uh, your other West game is at Alabama. Let's go ahead and probably write that one off. You get Georgia at home, Georgia is loaded. But every other game on the schedule is winnable. You're better than Florida. You're better than Tennessee. You are right there with Kentucky. And South Carolina was better this year. But that gap can be closed. So I'd say the floor next year ought to be six or seven, and the ceiling ought to be ten. And, uh, you know, that that is all now in play, I think, with Drew Locke back. And, and once again, just want to thank Drew for taking some time on Christmas break back in Kansas City with his family. Starting quarterbacks in the SEC have a million media obligations. He didn't have to take ten minutes to talk to us today, uh, but certainly appreciate that he did. All right, now we talked a little bit with Drew Locke about that national title game, and look, that is kind of all the buzz the about college football and about the sports world this week. We are going to talk about that with Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com, but first, Dash, let's just let's go ahead and ease into it with the blown lead this week that I'm sure is far less painful for Georgia fans. Uh, <laughs> last night at Mizzou Arena. Ugly, ugly first half. I really thought the first half was played the way Mark Fox wanted it, and the second half was played the way Conzo Martin wanted it. Uh, no doubt about that. I tell you what, though, that, that first half was just like watching paint dry, both teams. Yeah. I mean, just, just horrible basketball. It's, it's, it's the kind of game you just, just just makes you want to scream. I mean, neither one, you know, taking good shots. And when they did take shots, they were just clanking them everywhere. Just yeah. wasn't any kind of pace of the game, no tempo. And But, but like you said, in the second half of Missouri, they really show why that second half, why, you know, they have so much. You know, people have been saying so many nice things about them before the season began. They really look pretty smooth. Yeah, Georgia is actually – they're quite a bit better than I thought they were going to yeah. be. Are they quite a bit better than people yeah. in Athens thought they would be? Yeah, well, they are. I think the thing that's that's still missing, obviously, what they had last year was a J.J. Frazier running the point. I mean, you imagine if they had J.J. Frazier on the team again this year, I think yeah. the depth they've got, this would be a pretty solid team. So right now they're still trying to – they had little issues with the guard guard play right now as far as you know, pushing the play and dishing the ball off and transition. They don't really have anybody to, like J.J. on the team right now. they got some good good shooters, I think, but uh, nobody like J.J. Frazier can kind of stir the drink and make it go. Last one about basketball. How long has it been since you've seen Yante Maton struggle in a game the way he did last night? I, I mean, oh, man. I, yeah, looked up, yeah. I looked up with 10 minutes left, and I honestly kind of forgot that he was the guy that we had all come to see. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's been a – I don't remember the exact game, but I have seen the game before, maybe two years ago when he uh, finished in, in single digits. But uh, this, was, this was the first time that I really saw him get frustrated. I mean, I've never seen that before in a game, and he certainly – that was certainly the case. Uh, you know, last night, I mean, just dealing with the double teams, Missouri was throwing on a few times, even triple teams. 
which is like you know if you're if you're gonna play Georgia, that's probably the way to the, the way to go. I mean, knock down, keep down there the top scorer, you know, top scorer in the league, and let those other guys try to beat you. And last night, obviously, they couldn't get it done. Yeah. All right. Now let's let's move on to the big one and like. Tell me if you agree with this. I came out of that game Monday night saying, I know Alabama's the national champion. I think Georgia's the best team in the country. Well, they, they came off awfully close. And uh, it was, uh, uh, I'll be honest, I was a little bit surprised in one way that Georgia was able to match the physicality of Alabama. That was, that was my biggest, I guess, concern or biggest point of this ball game. But Georgia went toe-to-toe with the uh, with the Crimson Tide on both lines of scrimmage and uh, did a pretty decent job moving the ball. Did a very good job defensively early on. I mean, really, you know, took Jalen Hurts really out of the head of the ball game. And uh, but uh, just uh, miscommunications and and there were some calls in the game. I mean, I hate placing losses on referees. I've never right. done that. I won't do that here. But there were a couple of plays yesterday which kind of you know <laughs> made you scratch your head just a little bit about how those calls could have been missed, especially on the. Uh, on the on the block punt where yeah. uh, um, Gunner was Rudolph sides, I watched that play ten times now, and I saw where he kind of jumped, but he never did go off sides. At least from my perspective, I mean, watching that play over and over again, and that was really the turning point of the ball game right there. Yeah. Um. What was the reaction in the press box when Tua starts the second half? I mean, yeah. I, I, like everybody saying. That is an incredibly gutsy move that almost no coach would make, and it's in the end what won Nick Saban the title. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a gutsy move, yeah. But I mean, but two of his plays, yeah, yeah, he was so bad. They couldn't. They were not passing the ball, and they weren't going to beat Georgia just doing what they were doing that first half. They had to put a put put two a back there to throw the ball to, to win that game, and that's what ultimately what they did. But it wasn't. It wasn't a total stunner. I think. In fact, we were. You know, a lot of people in the press box were talking at halftime that. I bet Nick goes to to Tua in this game. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I'm going to right, I, I, I don't even attempt on it. Out. But uh, but uh, but no, I wasn't that the biggest surprise. I mean, especially considering how uh, how poorly Alabama was moving the football. Yeah, and uh, I mean, again, the overriding thought from Georgia fans is, I'm sure this week frustration, but got to be, wow, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I I, I think they feel you know pretty good about things, but even. You know they're losing. You know Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. They've got DeAndre Swift coming back, uh, and they've got Zamir White, top running back in the country, uh, early enrollee. Of course, coming off a knee injury, they got James Cook, another five star. So I, Jeez. you know, they're just right now just just plugging different guys in, and I don't think from a running back perspective they're going to be hurting hurting next year at all. Yeah, and, and, and I mean a quarterback. The starter goes down. Jake Fromm steps in. Oh, by the way, Justin Fields is coming. Yeah, exactly. He's early. He's early in rolling too, and, I, and I'm, wow. I'm sitting here right now. I, I think he's going to play some way, shape, or form next year. Maybe kind of a two quarterback system. Wow. Because uh, the Justin Fields is just uh, George has never had a guy like him at quarterback. Not this. Not not his caliber. Not this dual threat type. Like uh, like, I, like Quincy Carter. I mean, well, is Quincy that Carter was not Quincy? Quincy was not that great of a runner, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, Quincy was a good. Was more of a pocket style quarterback. I mean. Uh, Justin Fields is a guy they could throw in and run a lot of spread stuff if they wanted to. Uh, and he's just he's just a, he's a different animal than what they've uh, what they've had before. So I I don't know if you'll agree with me on this or not, but two years ago when they fired Mark Richt, I just said, "What in the hell are they doing? Like the guy yeah. wins nine or ten games every year, and if that's not good enough for you, what are we yeah. doing here?" And 
Like, I hate to say it, but they've been totally vindicated because Kirby went and yeah. did the one thing they said Mark Rick couldn't do. That's exactly exactly why why Kirby Smart was hired to take George to that next level. And uh and it's hard to argue otherwise sitting here right now with what he's done and you look at the recruiting classes they're pulling in. Yeah. I mean number one class for two thousand eighteen, they've got a number one class set up right now for two thousand nineteen. And uh, and there's still a chance George may get another five star out of this group for, for this current class coming up. So uh, it's a, uh, you know, Kirby has pushed all the right buttons so far, even though the media I think the beat writers still kind of you know, get aggravated. <laughs> I was going to say, policies. not all the right buttons. <laughs> not all, not all the right buttons. But from, but, but as long as he's winning like he is, I mean, nobody's right. going to say a thing. Exactly. Uh, all right. So looking at the SEC East, first part of this question, I, I mean, look, I, I think everybody with a with a brain understands Georgia's kind of got this thing on lockdown. Like they're the favorite going forward for the foreseeable future, anyway. But 2018, if you look around the SEC East. Who's the biggest threat? Who? You know, you you you, you may laugh at me for saying this. I'm not sure. South if it's Carolina, Missouri. Missouri, yeah. South Carolina is making is making is taking a step, but Missouri, but what they've got coming back, Drew Lock coming back for his senior year. You know, we saw how they put up points last season. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm 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 not going to. I I think the Tigers are going to finish the upper echelon of the East next season. I really really do. Yeah, we just had Drew on, and and I mean, I said like. The, the goal clearly for Missouri is to be the second best team in the SEC East with the fourth year and, and then maybe hope something breaks your way and Georgia trips somewhere and maybe you happen to win a tiebreaker. But I, I think the goal for Missouri ought to be second place in this division. But longer term, Dan Mullen's at, at Florida now. Um, Tennessee's got Jeremy Pruitt. Will Muschamp mm-hmm. appears to kind of have learned how to be a head coach. Who's the long-term biggest threat to Kirby Smart in Georgia? Ooh. Long time, I've, I've still got to say Florida just because of the status in, you know, the recruiting, yeah. the players down there. I think Florida will have to be, but they, they, Dan Mullen's got his work cut out for him initially because uh, the last two recruiting classes by the Gators have not been good, even though they're a ton, again, a ton of players in that state to draw from. They've got to do a much better job of getting their share than what they've done the past two seasons. But if you can do that, again, that's a program that could turn things around pretty quickly, in my opinion. All right, last thing for you, Dash, and this is kind of a – because I know we get this question all the time, like, come on, I know you're a fan. I know really you want him to win. Like, we go into games wanting uh, wanting drama, good stories. So, do you – when you're walking out Monday night, is your first thought, that's one of the best games I've ever seen, or is your first thought, oh, my God, i got to get on our message board now? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, probably, probably was a message board right at first, yeah. I think, uh, what we do with the day. So the greatest game I ever saw, that might have been the week before that Rose Bowl game. Yeah. Against Oklahoma. That was a, uh, that was a, that was something there. But, yeah, but if you're a fan watching a national championship game, I know a lot of people winning that game, oh, yeah, two SEC teams, we're going to have a terrible ratings, blah, blah, blah. And uh, what was the highest rated game, whatever? Or something. Yeah, like the second highest cable broadcast second ever. highest. Yeah, so and it went, you know went it went overtime like it did. If you're a fan, just with no kind of uh, you know you know leanings one way or the other, you're thinking that thinking that was a hell of a contest. Yeah, that that was a great game. I, I was rooting for Georgia certainly to win. Although I will admit this, when the Alabama kicker missed the field goal at the end of regulation, I kind of thought, yeah. oh man, like for that kid, I sure hope they find a way. Yeah, yeah. You know that was and they uh, did. I mean they, they did. did. Yeah, that, that was something else. Great game and, and obviously great season in Athens. Appreciate it, man. And uh, yep. we will catch up with you down the road and maybe in, uh, maybe in St. Louis in a couple months. Hey, we, we'll do it. All right, have a good one, Dan. Dasher. See you. Bye. Anthony Dasher, UGASports.com. Uh, 
I, I wanted to spend a few minutes, not only because that was an all-SEC game, but look, it, it's the, the game of the year. I mean, it, college football's over now for some, I don't know, 226 more days or something like that. So when we have the chance to talk college football, uh, we're going to take an opportunity to do it. So thanks to Anthony Dasher. Thanks once again to Drew Locke. Um, I will be headed Saturday morning down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, Missouri looking to go 3-1 and one in the SEC, looking to hand Arkansas and former coach Mike Anderson, uh, former Missouri coach. He is still the Arkansas coach. They're a fourth straight loss, so we'll have plenty from Fayetteville over the weekend. Going to get a chance to talk to Derek Dooley and Barry Odom on Friday, so we'll have some of that. All kinds of stuff on uh, Power Mizzou. There is no offseason. Thanks for listening. Be back next week.